and welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So let's start off in the day of Pentecost, Acts 1. Let's go, well, let's start a little bit further back, Acts 1 verse 4. We're going to have a look at a few different scriptures here and then we'll kind of package a few things. And so it says this, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, so this is why Jesus was still with the disciples. He gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Jesus refers to the baptism of the Holy Spirit in another uh, verse. I can't remember the exact reference, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and in fire. Okay, on the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire came into the room. They believe that's the fire that Jesus was talking about to his disciples. That was to signify the power of the Holy Spirit coming into a space and then infilling them, coming upon them. So he says, you will be baptised in the Holy Spirit. To be baptised is to be fully immersed. When we talk about John baptised with water, it wasn't just a sprinkling of water, it was a full immersion of, of someone under the water and then they would come up completely wet because the baptism, the word baptism means to immerse something or immerse somebody into the fullness of what they're being baptised into. And so we, we have this 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 illustration of what baptism is and it's the same with the Holy Spirit is to be fully immersed into the Holy Spirit to come out different to come out changed we know with baptism that it's it's uh it signifies the transformation of one's life that they're fully giving their life to Christ and as they come out of the water the old is gone the new has come it's a transformation moment the same with the Holy Spirit when we come to know him when we come into relationship with him when we make a decision Say, I want the Holy Spirit power in my life. I want to be baptised in Him. What takes place is a full immersion of the Spirit that comes upon you and in you and through you and you start to live differently. Those areas in our life that have been blockages start to get free. Because with the power of the Holy Spirit comes freedom. So we start to see breakthrough in our life. Why? Because we're no longer functioning out of the arm of the flesh, our own ability, our own strength. We're operating out of the power of the Spirit instead. So things that we have not been able to achieve or or breakthrough, we have not been able to make ourselves is now possible. Why? Because we're no longer doing it by our own strength, not by my Spirit, but by... Not by my strength, but by your spirits. My spirit, says the Lord. He says, you, you move by my spirit. You, you break through because of my spirit. It's not in anything that you do. It's in what I do through you. And that's how the Holy Spirit works. And then we come down a little bit further. He said to them, Is, uh, so they say in verse 6, they said, then, ga- uh, then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to the kingdom of Israel. So they had this idea that, that Jesus was going to come in and overtake the Romans. That's what he was going to do. He was going to come in and he was going to overtake the Romans and set his own kingdom up as the ruler of his own kingdom, just like the Roman Empire. But he would be the ruler of it. They missed the point of what Jesus was talking about. And so he says, actually, it's not for you to know the times. It's not for you to know when these things will happen. He goes, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The whole, so he says, he said, you will receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the baptism of power. Yeah. It's a baptism of power. It's an empowerment to do what? To be a witness. So Jesus is painting a picture here that, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just for our own indulgence. The whole, look at me, I can prophesy. Look at me, I can speak in tongues. Look at me, I can do this, I can do that. Wow, I prayed for someone and they got healed. That is not the reason why God gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But He gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit for others, to work through us into other people's worlds. So to be a, a witness for Christ without the Holy Spirit is to work in your own strength, your own ability and get nowhere with people. Because we don't have inside of us what it takes to bring somebody to Christ. It's not our job to do that. We're to be a witness for Him. An effective witness in the Kingdom of God baptised in the Holy Spirit and move in the Spirit's power. And He said, so you will receive power by the Holy Spirit. That word power is translated from a word called dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite from. So it's, you will receive power, explosive power in your life when you are filled with the Holy Spirit You will receive power. I love that he says you will. He doesn't say you might. Say it's possible. He says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. To receive power. We have to receive the Holy Spirit. The way we receive the Holy Spirit is through faith. Sometimes the, 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 the encounter of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit goes beyond our understanding. But God often works beyond our understanding in things and, and ways and does things in ways that we don't fully comprehend. But the problem with that is, is sometimes we can get stuck in our head and try because we can't figure it out, because we can't explain it properly, then we, we reject it because we think it's not right. But often there's a lot that God's, God does that we don't fully understand. We can't fully comprehend. We don't fully understand some things in the kingdom and, and yet we, will, we, we, we need to, to get out of our heads. We need to get out of that place where we're trying to figure it all out and realise that God moves in the, in the unknown. He moves and, he, and sometimes understanding doesn't come beforehand, it come, becomes something afterwards. I often say to people, you know, you've got to get out of your head to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit because your head will rip you off because it'll rob you. The trying to figure out understanding part of the whole deal will try and rob you of the experience of something you don't understand. And it's okay not to understand everything about God. It's okay because we will never fully understand Him. We'll never fully get it. Because he's so big, he's so extravagant, he's so powerful. There's so much about God that no human brain could fully pull it all together and understand completely. And if you hear of somebody that says they do, they don't. They're, 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 they're just blinded. Because God is, you cannot comprehend the goodness and faithfulness and, and the power of God fully in our life. So it takes faith to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It takes faith to, to speak in tongues because you start, you try and you sound 
to be honest. It sounds crazy. It sounds a little weird. You can sound like you're trying to make it happen yourself. Oh, that's not God, that's me. How do you know? Well, because I know because I approach God by faith. And when I approach God by faith, I believe in his integrity. That's why I can approach him in faith and trust what takes place is real. Why? Because my God, he doesn't lie and he won't do anything to harm me. So so he's only going to lead me in things that he has promised to give me. So I know that I can come to God. Why? Because I fully trust that whatever takes place is from him. I can trust God's integrity that if he says he's going to do it, he will do it. I don't have to question God's integrity in it. Why? Because if I start to question God's integrity, then I'm questioning whether God is truthful or if he's a liar. And of course we know that God does not lie. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. So you will receive power that comes on you. In Luke 14, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the captives or the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. The reason why... Luke is referring to a scripture in Old Testament, but the reason why this is written the way it is is because the the Spirit of the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit, empowers us to proclaim God's Word and see results, right? And see results. There are those that can preach the Word but see no transformation because we don't minister by our own strength. We minister by the Spirit. And it's what the power of the Word of God is what the Spirit of the Word that gets inside of us. And so you can stand in front of a crowd and you can preach something and it can transform people's lives. Why? Because you're preaching spirit, spirit to spirit. And it's when the Holy Spirit gets on the Word of God, it transforms people's lives. But it's through the Holy Spirit that we can get freedom and that we can bring healing to people and see recovery of sight and people set free from oppression. Why? Because it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that these things take place. So you can be experiencing oppression and you can go to every counselling session and you can go on every medication and none of that stuff is wrong or in itself, but, but, but you ultimately will not find freedom. Why? Because, because true freedom comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. True healing comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's right. I'll get that for you. I don't think you want that back in her mouth. Though. <laughs> Put it in Isaac's mouth. And <laughs> the reason why we might be struggling and not being able to break through is because we, we, we need an encounter, holy, the encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it's not a one-time encounter. It's to be filled again and again and again and again and keep coming back to the Holy Spirit and again and, and encountering His power. Every time you need Him, He's there and He will set you free and He will heal you and He will bring breakthrough as you come and encounter Him and build that relationship with Him. No matter what it is, there is power to be received 
in the Holy Spirit. And that power is giving. If you look at 1 Corinthians, I think it's 12, 13, and 14, it talks about the Spirit. It talks about the motivation, the gifts of Spirit. And, and that motivation is out of a place of love. That this, you, we, we move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit through what? Because we love people. So to be a witness for Him, it is we are empowered out of, out of love, of the love of God through the Holy Spirit to reach people for Christ. So you can pray for someone that doesn't know God and you can rest on God's integrity that He is going to move in their world because you've been empowered. On the day of Pentecost, they all gathered together in one place. Do you realise you have a role to play? The Holy Spirit comes on individuals, but He comes on groups as well. And in this story on the day of Pentecost, there was a group of individuals in a room that were all together in one place in one accord. And it was in that space Jesus said, you must wait. What did he say? He said, wait for the gift that the Father has promised. You must wait. In, and in the beginning of Acts 2.1, in NIV it says when the day of Pentecost come, but other versions say when the, the, the day of Pentecost fully came. Because right? Pentecost wasn't one day. It was 10 days. And so these guys were told to wait and it says when the, the day of Pentecost fully came, which meant it was the 10th day of Pentecost, they had waited 10 days. Now we would have thought, oh, well, God would have done this in, you know, he would have ascended to heaven and then the Holy Spirit would have come straight away. But no, that's not how it worked. It didn't happen in three days. It didn't happen in seven days. It was 10 days of waiting. Waiting. What does waiting do? Waiting builds hunger. We build hunger when we wait on God. We build hunger when we wait on the Holy Spirit. When we wait on God to do what he's promised to do in our life, we're building hunger. It's not, it's not a passive position. It's not a position of just sort of lingering. No, we're building hunger. We're seeking him. You know, this, this time would have tested the disciples. Their, their perseverance, their patience to wait for the Holy Spirit to come, to wait for this promise. They knew something was going to happen, but they didn't know exactly what it was going to be. They didn't know what, what he meant by being baptised with the Holy Spirit. They, they, they might have had an idea because they understood water baptism. And they thought, okay, well, it's full immersion into water. So, so they would have had some kind of weird idea of what it could have been like, but they didn't know what was going to happen. They just knew something was going to happen. When we're waiting on God, often it's like that. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We just know that God has promised to do something. And so we're going to wait on Him until that promise comes to pass. And so they were there for 10 days waiting before the Holy Spirit moved. 10 days. And here we are sometimes in two minutes, we pray and expect God to make it happen. Maybe sometimes a little bit of long-suffering isn't a bad thing. Because it works out the kinks, it works out the frustrations, it works out the, the, you've got to be patient, but patience is hard when you don't know when the answer's coming. But when you're, in, when you, when you're waiting on the Holy Spirit to come, you can rest in the integrity of God and on the promise of God.
It says that they were all together in one place. Suddenly. I like how they use that word suddenly. Like as in, it's like, hang on a minute, it was 10 days. God took a long time to do something very suddenly. They were waiting 10 days and then it says, suddenly God did something as if it was like instantly. And, but it was 10 days in. And God often takes a long time to do something very quickly in our lives. It often happens suddenly, but it comes out of that place of waiting, of building hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Matthew 5, 6, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This is where the disciples were. They were hunger. There was hunger and thirst in them for the Holy Spirit, for the promise to come. And it says, suddenly, the sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. I like the fact that it didn't say some of them because there is an idea out there that somehow the Holy Spirit picks and chooses who he will infill, who he will baptise and who he will give gifts to. But, but the reality was on the day of Pentecost, every single one of them were in that upper room. When the Holy Spirit filled that space, they were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. They were baptised in the Spirit. There was no question. It says all of them were, all of them. So we can't have the understanding that somehow God doesn't, that the Holy Spirit does it for one but not the other because that's not what the Bible teaches. There's no biblical stance for that. It says all of them receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which means the baptism of the Holy Spirit is on offer for all of us, every single one of us. Every single one of us can speak in tongues. Every single one of us can prophesy. Every single one of us can have interpret the Spirit. Every single one of us can interpret spiritual language. Every single one of us can, can, can move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit if we are baptised in the Holy Spirit. If we come to that place where we, we desire and hunger and thirst for that baptism, all those gifts are available to us. They don't come without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can't function properly in these things if, if you don't have the Holy Spirit. You have to have that Holy Spirit encounter and baptism to move in that power. Now, understanding that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not salvation. It's not, you don't need to be baptised to go to heaven in, in the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. That's not what we're talking about. I know there are some old Pentecostal teachings that say, if you're not baptised in the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. But the Bible doesn't support that position. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, confess your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That's what the Bible says. This is, this is something more. This is like something extra that we have to desire and long for. We have to be hungry for it. We have to thirst for it. We have to want it. And if we want it bad enough, we'll have this encounter. And we will speak in tongues. It's often, you know, people go, oh, well, the evidence of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The reason they say that 
is because where there, there's at least three encounters throughout the Scriptures in, in the book of Acts where they were filled with the Holy Spirit and the first gift that came was the speaking of tongues. So we can get into an argument whether that's evidence or not, but to me I go, well, there's three Scriptures, three passages of Scripture that talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the first gift that came out was speaking in tongues. And the second gift in one Scripture was prophecy. So I don't, I don't want to get into arguments like that, but I understand this. If the Scripture indicates that that possibly could be the way things work, it tells me that every single one of us can have the gift of tongues. And actually, we, shouldn't, we should desire every gift, every single gift that the Bible's got on, that the Holy Spirit has on offer. We should be hungering and thirsting for that. If we go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, did I give you that Scripture, Zeke? It says, now to each one of, on the, of the manifestation of the Spirit is given uh, for the common good. To one there is given the, through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between the Spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, to another, the interpretation of, of tongues. So, uh, And all of these are at work for one and the same Spirit. And He distributes them to each one just as he determines. So that tells me that the Holy Spirit gives us the gift we need in the moment we need it. So if someone falls down and breaks their leg, he's probably not going to give you an interpretation of tongues in that moment. He's probably going to give you a gift, you're going to be able to operate in the gift of healing or miracles. Something's going to, why? Because that's the gift that is needed in the moment, Right? So you've got to understand that these gifts are available to us whenever we need them. Whenever the, 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 the possibility arises that somebody needs something from God. Because we are called to be His witness, we carry those gifts and we use those gifts for the good and the better of others. This is how Jesus built His church. He said, you, you know, wait for the gift the Father has given you. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Do you realise that's how the, how the church spread? First in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then Samaria, and then it went out to the ends of the earth. That was a prophetic word from Jesus to say, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there will be a move of the church, a move of the Spirit that will spread from where you are out To effectively reach people for Jesus, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To effectively do what God is asking us to do as Christians, we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I should do a, I should do a sermon on speaking in tongues because there's so much to understand in the different types of tongues that there are. There's your spiritual tongue, there's the tongues they experienced on the day, the day uh, on Pentecost, which was they were speaking the tongue of languages they had not learnt. And there were people in the area listening and hearing and saying, they're speaking in my language, I can fully understand what they're saying. And they were praising God in heaven. And then there's angelic tongues, 
There's your prayer tongue that you use to pray, and it's in it's intangible, and, and you don't even you know you don't know what the the spirit interprets that to God. There's so much about tongues we could learn. I should do a, I should do a sermon next time I get an opportunity. I, I should do a sermon on the on, on speaking in tongues um, because it's 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 amazing. What a gift! You know they've done studies with people that speak in tongues and seeing that amazing things in the brain that take place like. There's so much, so much. We're not talking about that today. What we are talking about is being baptised in the Holy Spirit. Who here has actually had that encounter? Have you had it? Let's just yeah, just tell me if you had that encounter. Where you've literally had that baptism in the Holy Spirit, the fire come upon you. How amazing is it? And it's so hard to explain it. Like to put words to what that experience is like. But it's one of the most enriching experiences you'll ever have with God and his spirit. And to think that we have that encounter over over and over again as we build that relationship with the Holy Spirit, as we start to speak to him, as we interact with him, as we let him lead us, you know, as we move with him, as he equips us and, 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 and shows us a way forward and opens up doors for our future and he does so much for us. And so many people don't even see it. Man, there's so much good that comes from the Holy, that encounter of the Holy Spirit. The church is built on that encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it's by faith that we receive. I don't even think I can have the words to describe to you just how amazing that encounter is. But what I can say is it's on offer for everybody. God does not discriminate when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want it and you're hungry for that encounter, it can happen. And I've had story after story of people. I had a friend that was just a young teenager and he, he just heard about the Holy Spirit. He went home one night and he sat on his trampoline and he just said, God, I want the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he's just bouncing on his trampoline and then it hit him. And he just, the Holy Spirit was all over him. He could feel the Spirit. He starts speaking in tongues and, he's, and he, he goes, it was just crazy. He goes, nobody was there. It was just me. I just heard about it at church and come home and said, Lord, that's what I want. And God gave it to him. I always love stories like that. It's not some preacher up the front pushing you over, which there are guys that do that. I hate that. Like the Holy Spirit, you won't need me to push you. And I don't need you to fall over, right? As if falling over is the sum total of the Holy Spirit being here. Look, it happens for some, that's fine. Slain in the Spirit, they call it. That's cool. But don't fake it. It's not the sort of thing you can fake it till you make it. You either are baptised in the Holy Spirit or you're not. And it's, yeah, and it's okay. I'm not saying that not being baptised in the Holy Spirit is terrible, but I'm saying that God has more for us than what we can current, we're currently experiencing. Even if you've experienced that baptism, God has more for you. 
if you would come and encounter that and just step out in faith and come into that environment of the Holy Spirit and say, come and fill me again. Come and fill me again. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.